Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Joining Tom Suter from hawkfanatic.com, it's Pat Hardy. Good morning, Captain Steve. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, Pat. Good day, sir. Good morning. Good day. So are we done? <laughs> I'm out of here. See you guys. How'd that interview go at 10 with Kevin? <laughs> Good. That's, that's your baby today. Yeah. You're carrying the show today. You didn't need Gay- Gaten's my ass is what you're saying, right? Isn't that kind of what you're saying? Uh, every day. Yeah. You're your own booking agent. Now we just got to make sure he I wakes. used to be a booking agent. We just got to make sure he wakes up and he'll be. it's going to be 8 in the morning where he is. Yeah. That's probably why he, usually when we do these West Coast, I remember Fred Brown's like, yeah, I'd rather go at 8 than, because Nine o'clock art. That's that's early. That's early. Yeah, yes. Especially if you're retired and enjoying life. So no, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Hopefully he's watched. Did your friend who helped set it up say has he been watching Iowa to where he's going to be able to give us some insight on Luca? Hopefully. Not sure. What if yeah, he's just? Sure. What if he hasn't watched Iowa in like 40 years and all he wants to do is talk <laughs> about Andy Griffith? Well, then it's your your baby. Yeah, that's your show. He knows Gigi <laughs> Allen. You think he knows Gigi Allen? No, I would doubt it. I doubt that they cross paths. I'm guessing they haven't either. No. Anyway. Wasn't Kevin right around your age? Yeah. Uh-huh. He was at Iowa, what? I think a year. He was um, 69 to 73 at Iowa, wasn't he right around? He was, let's see. Oh, here, I got the stuff here. Uh, his stats he has, were his stats were incredible. He was 1970, 71. Okay. He was a sophomore, so he yeah, would be to a year. No, he's my age. Yeah, right about, exactly. okay. But his stats were, I mean, look at his rebounding stats. Oh, he's still second in the uh in the books and think about it though he played far fewer i mean some of their seasons they didn't play he's still second career now luca may catch him how many games did kunert play does it say it doesn't say but it was only three years god that's right and they didn't play 35 games no they didn't play yeah no he was incredible i mean he really was so he's still the number two rebounder he was number four rebounder for a season with 353 and he has two of the top ten rebounding games with twenty three. Yeah, you don't you don't stick in the NBA for a decade by accident. No, he was a really he was a rough player too. He was physical, and I think he really suffered legacy wise from the fact that he played during Dick Schultz's time, and they just weren't very good. Is that fair? No, to they say? weren't. His sophomore year, they won nine games, and this was the year after. You know, Ralph Miller ran the table. That would have been tough. That would have been, that was probably some tough times for him. But no, he individually was fine. We appreciate your friend reaching out and helping to set this up. No, yeah, this, Murph. Looking, Thanks, Murph. I'm, so if you look at the single game rebounding records of the modern era, there's only one uh, player, Greg Bruner, who has had 23 in a game. Bruner, 6'7. Yeah. And then Coonert had two, Johnny Johnson, two. Nolden Gentry, who 
turned out to be uh, was the attorney general right. for the state of Iowa. How many did he have? 23. He had 23 in a game. Yes. I didn't realize Bill that. Bill Logan was 23, and Chuck Darling was the leader with? 25? 30. 30. 30, okay. Wow. Wow. So wh- what is it? Why would there not be any big, huge rebounding games? I think it's more dispersed now. Age? More dispersed now, maybe less missed shots, better shooting. I don't know, but I maybe just, the the three point shots. Well, I think well, back, we can ask him. We can ask him that, but I think guards are more athletic now. I think you have guards getting more rebounds off missed shots, maybe than in the past, where Cooner was surrounded by players are bigger now at every position. Yeah. When Kevin Cooner played fifty years ago, yeah, I know. And I think the body has evolved a little bit. There's bigger, more athletic players to where I think those rebounds aren't just getting grabbed by the biggest guy anymore. By the that, tallest guy. That's just my theory. But well, that's what, a, something what do I to know? it. What do I know? You know, so, but no, it'll be interesting to to talk with him. And um, we had a chance to talk with Fran. And it was funny. I was being ripped on Twitter yesterday for chasing ambulances and making, they're like, some guy tweeted, you realize that Iowa has moved on from this. This is not a story. This is, it's just hacks. And I'm sitting there saying to myself, well, Gary Barter is going to be on in 45 minutes to address this. So, but you, I didn't want to let me, I mean, I, I was told that in confidence, and I didn't want to say before the fact that he was going to be addressing. I mean, it was something. It wasn't something you can just sweep under the rug because you don't agree or whatever. No. And it was serious enough to where Gary Barta had to come out and address it to us. I mean, and he did. I'm glad that he did. I think he helped. I think it helped. And, but I just, like we said Monday, Gary's biggest problem was you never say never. You never back yourself into a corner and say, well, we're done retiring jerseys when obviously you, you weren't done. Uh-uh. You don't know. And he brought up the same thing. They're, they're tr- still trying to build the display, the, tr- the, honor, the wall of honor. But they, right now, the pandemic has put that. And I, I, all right, I get that, what have you. But I just think there needs to be more consistency with their. And they won't tell you what the criteria is for tiring numbers. I think, and I've had some people reach out to say, that shouldn't be public information. Why should that not be public information? This is not rocket science and nuclear no. bombs. No. I mean, it's freaking retiring a jersey or a number. And... I think that it's it's just unfortunate that it, it has gotten to this point. And but I do think Gary speaking yesterday helped, and I thought Fran was great. And I knew this has nothing to do with Fran. No, this has nothing to do with the basketball team. This is strictly Devin's family's upset that they were told that jerseys weren't going to be retired anymore. And I think it looks like Gary was providing lip service for when Roy was dying. And I think that's what they feel upset about. That's at least how I perceive this. Well, and you're probably onto something. It's it's too bad that they feel that way. It but is. It's an honest emotion. I mean. Yeah, it is. And I guess Gary could have ignored it, but he didn't. He did address it. And it was weird. Fran referred to him as Mr. Barta for the first time ever. And Fran's like five years older than Gary. Gary's my <laughs> age. I thought that was kind of interesting. But. We'll see. You move forward now. Like I said, I reached out to Devin and got destroyed for that ambulance chaser for this no-nothing station with no listeners. That was, man, I can't believe how many people just, man, that station has no listeners. I got that left and right over the last two days. Well, that shows yeah. how smart they are. I just said, hey, yeah. guys, reach out to KCJJ. I, a couple I said, hey, ask KCJJ about I put your guys' ask them about the listeners, you know, and about their spot. And I said to this, my guy, they're not having me in there for charity. You know, they're, we, I mean, it's a bit, but no, it was just amazing how many, oh, Mickey Mouse, no listeners and blah, blah, blah. Says, says, they're like, all a bunch of pussies. Well, most of behind fake <laughs> names. And, there's a lot of that. Yeah. Just cowards. And what's funny is during the, a lot of the same people that were pissed that I was writing about the accusations from the summer, 
which you mm-hmm. had to write about if you were of an course. incredible new. We're pissed that I was writing about this. It's interesting because I know it for a fact because a lot of the responses, if you mute or block people, you can see, you'll see, it'll say you have muted this person or this person. Right. You can click on this and it's just, a lot of it's just the same tired narrative from the summer. Same people. And I'd sell you just deal with them and, but this was a story, whether you want to, and some media covered it more than others. That's fine. I don't care. I don't really judge what I do on what other media does. I do. Nor should you. And it was a story. I mean, it was enough to where the athletic director got on the Zoom call yesterday before the head coach did. Yeah. And we sure. didn't ask the players about it. This has nothing to do with the players. I mean, the, no, and you shouldn't. And, but Fran, I thought Fran handled it well. And my guess is Fran will continue to try to re-energize the relationship between at least Iowa basketball and Devon because it would be really bad to have they're starting to have a lot of popular former athletes who feel ostracized I mean think about it Devon now Wadley Darrell Johnson Koulianos think of some of the names and I'm not saying that the they, the players have some of the blame too I mean that's not saying this is all it's just unfortunate well, but the difference is, is is Devon isn't like the other two what do you mean he's not He's a really super nice guy. Well, those people that will say that Darrell, I guarantee, I know people that would say that Darrell and Akram are two of the nicest guys they've ever oh, met. Oh, I've met Darrell. I've, and I've they, sat uh, at a football game with him. Yeah, so so I'm not sure. I'm not, what do you mean, though, exactly? Um, so you're saying maybe that Devin's really never done anything you, that you think is unfair to his alma mater. Uh, yeah. I'll, uh, Whereas yes. you, because you think, I mean, so yes. explain, explain Darrell and Akram. I, I sort of agree. I just want to hear what you say. Uh, well, I don't believe Durrell has been a good and honest representative of this university and this football team. And how? How? Uh, the, his tweets, his uh, affect, uh, his relationship, obviously, with Coach Ferentz was horrible. Mm-hmm. And Coach, Do you Ferentz, blame that all on Durrell? I'm just asking. Uh, no. No, okay. No, no. And then with Akram, your situation, I, I, I don't like this lawsuit. I, I, I didn't like his, no, the lawsuit, I didn't like I don't like the story that he put out at ESPN saying if I had, to, the worst thing I ever did was play football. I didn't think no, that was fair. It, he just did a 180. He I did. mean, everything was great and wonderful and thank Coach Ferris. That's what I didn't and, understand. And then all of a sudden, uh, it isn't. And it just looks like it's a money grab. Yeah, and Devin's not trying to grab any money. No, I mean, Devin it, just wants his dad to get yeah. what he thinks is his due respect. So I, I and see what you mean. I would feel the same way if I mm-hmm. if it were my dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, no, no I, I totally get where he's coming. from. But I also get the other. There is another side to Rory. There, there is, and it's not. And that's just, the reason it didn't happen. But that's why Gary Barta needs to explain that. But I don't think Gary Barta is comfortable going on record saying. Well, first of all, Roy never made first team All Big Ten. No. That to me is a deal breaker right there. If you're going to go at it just that way. I don't think Gary wants to get up in front of the public and say, well, Roy had a lot of issues, and that's part of the he reason. He didn't graduate. He didn't. He just, I don't think he wants to go through all that. And domestic that. abuse. I mean, he had some issues. I think by the end of his life, I think he had really fixed a lot of things in his personal life. I think he had built up a lot of new trust with people. But Roy made some poor choices. Devin even acknowledged that before. Yeah. But he's well, still Devin's Roy, father. When did we have Roy in the studio? Was it, it was when we were in Coralville. Okay, but what, 2013? Remember when we had Devin in? That was yeah. when Rob Howe. Remember yeah. we had Devin? No, we had, sure. Did yeah. we have Devin in here or did we have him out there? Here. That's here. what I thought. He was great. Yeah. But we had Roy in the studio. I remember that. And Roy was, uh, couldn't have been nicer and no. more complimentary. It's when he was in town for the. Yeah. Yeah. Cause and more hope. complimentary to, to, to Iowa. I don't know that Roy 
this is just me, and I, I looked over some of the video that we still have on YouTube. I don't know that Roy would have liked the statement yesterday. From well, Gary Barta? Yeah, no. no, from from his son. Oh, oh, that, I yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I, I don't know. The, de- the timing leaves a lot to be desired, but emotions don't run on time. They, no, they don't. They... No, the timing may have not good as far as Hawkeye Nation is. The concerned. timing may have motivated him. Well, sure, of course. Get his point did. across even better, because. But man, some of the comments underneath his tweet were just. And everyone said, "Well, it's only Twitter." I mean, I think it's funny how it's only Twitter then, but then, when people on Twitter think you're ignoring, hey man, how can you ignore? I mean, they want to be nothing when it's convenient to be nothing, but then they want to matter when they want you to pay attention to them. I mean, yeah. it's just. Well, but, I got it. Uh, a Facebook message uh, that I should fire both of you. Really? Fire, yeah. Why shooter? I don't know. Well, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, good luck there. No, I don't know. I Did you give guys, a reason? Good luck with the interview at 10 o'clock. <laughs> I, I'm serious. Hunter, are you ready? <laughs> I don't have any idea why why, why Suter was Who included was it? in it. Huh? Do you have the name? Some. Uh, what about Hunter and Lang and Molly? Say to fire them. They'll be Bye. the new morning crew. You got Molly. Molly will love to get up. And you imagine Molly call. interviewing Kevin Cooner. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you're my dad's age. <laughs> Mike Jensen. Mike, Mike Jensen. Mike Jensen, who lives in Kansas City. Name does not ring a bell. Mm-mm. He's listening from Kansas City, though. Thanks for listening, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Tom's got a family to support. You'd throw him out, you know. <laughs> He's got a wife at home, depending on him. He's got a lot of money invested in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike. <laughs> yeah, J- he maybe one of he may, may, J-E-N-S-E-N. What did we do to get fired? We may have been acknowledging this stuff on Monday. He may be one of those people that, like from the summer haze, you know. You're. Yeah, I just got it like last night, so and I. I blocked. And him. what he was, was the reasoning? I blocked. I said, you know, this is a story, and it the, was proven. the case could be made. He started fighting, and I oh, just, is she mad about the marble thing? I blocked him. Yes. Oh, she, okay, that's right. Yeah, theory. it's the marble. They thing. don't want to pay attention to it. They want that. Just you, like, uh, yeah. My I guess understand is, you own the station and all this crap. And my guess is he probably minimized the stuff from the summer too. A lot of those overlap. Yeah, that's what yeah, I've noticed. Do. It's a lot of the same. I can't believe you. You would trust these players over Chris Doyle. Well, yeah, I'm going to trust 40-some players. I mean, at least some of them. But, no, I had I took a lot of crap over the summer for that. Lost followers on Twitter because there's a definite narrative out there. There's two different sides mm-hmm. with Iowa fans right well, the now. The one guy that was attacking you, uh, a line, Hawkeye in Illinois or some I, damn thing I, like I, that. He had no he followers. no followers. And he started his account yeah. in July, right, when all that stuff yeah. was yeah. happening. And there's no followers And there. I blocked him. And he doesn't follow, yeah. I mean. I, the best was he, I said, I told him to go away, and he's like, I will not go away. And then I tweeted back, <laughs> yes, you will, and I just blocked him. <laughs> you know, that one was kind of funny. I do like, yes. <laughs> I do like when they take a positive stand. <laughs> They're, they're not going away. I just don't understand the people that <laughs> think that this is not a story. And I mean, there were people saying you shouldn't even bring this up. You're just a hack. Why are you this Devin? And then the people saying Devin, you were me. Devin made first team All Big Ten when he was here. All these alias Twitter experts ripping him for being mediocre and average. No, he was first team All Big Ten and actually played in the NBA for a while. Better than ninety nine percent of any basketball and player in this world. He's a- 
in the top ten yes. scorers so in, that in narrative, history. That narrative on Twitter and social media was ridiculous. But man, I just it was amazing how some of the people ganged up on him. Uh, Roy Devon is number seven still. What's he have? Seventeen hundred some. Sixteen ninety four. Sixteen ninety four. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot of points. Yes, it is. That's a lot of points. And he played early on. I mean, he helped build the program. Remember, yes, he, was, he did. He was you committed to Lick. Yeah. He, he was committed to lackluster, and then Fran came, and he stuck with it. And, I mean, and now to see these Iowa fans turn on him, yeah, his timing wasn't good, but he's hurt. Roy Devon was top seven in steals. Well, and, you know, I think it says – I think it says a lot that they are acknowledging that he's hurt. They could have ignored it. No, I agree. I think you know? Iowa took a step forward yesterday. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. I still think they need to clarify their retiring stuff. I think they've retired too. And I agree with you, Tom. You're the one. They've retired too many numbers. Oh, without question. I and mean, I love the fabulous five, but did they need to retire all five? Or am I going to get well, chastised for that? I think what they... They felt they did at the time. I mean, they had back-to-back final fours. I mean, football's retired two numbers. And think about all the greatness in football. Yeah. Oh, there's no question they've retired too many. But, you know, I mean, look at um, how do you not retire Luca? Well, I know. Exactly. And then you retire B.J. Armstrong's jersey number, but now you got Joe Wieskamp wearing number 10. I mean, what's that about? Those are the issues I have. There's just no consistency. Well, I think. No transparency. There's a difference between retiring the number I know. and the jersey. I think retiring jerseys is silly. It is, but if you do that, then you can still keep the number in circulation. I know. Well, no, I know, but it still makes no sense to me. Oh, I, it I just know. It just really doesn't. But this is just another PR thing, and these things are building. And, that, and we've said, we, uh, there's a lot about Gary Barta I like. Mm-hmm. But we do, there are times where PR-wise, can we agree, that he just says things that maybe end up backfiring on him or does th- – I mean, there's been a lot of things building. Yeah, there's been been some issues. But there no – but, but then look at what the winter sports teams are no, doing. Well, know? yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, look at his friends, his hire of Fran. Basically, we said back then if Fran doesn't work, Gary's probably done. Well, Fran has worked. Yes. Gary's right. secure in that regard. Look at the hire of Rick Hiller. Yeah. I guarantee you Rick's not happy right now. What they lose? Three out of four? To Michigan. To Michigan. I guarantee he's not happy. But it's still early. They'll, now they got to go back up to Minneapolis this week and play more. It, it's tough. I mean, it's going to be tough. So, But I think they're going to rebound. And Michigan's ranked 11th. I mean, Michigan yeah. might be the best team in the conference, but Rick Heller, like any coach, hates losing, and he's not used to losing. So, but. And the uh, basketball tournament started, started last night, the women's. Men start today. Men start today. Then you had all Big Ten yesterday, Garza, of course. It kind of went like I thought. And Weezy was second team, Weezy right? second team, Bohannon and Frederick, honorable mention. And then I thought Keegan Murray f- made the Big Ten all freshman well, teams. Well, he should have. As well he should have. So, yeah, that all kind of went the way I Did thought it Ivy would. Ivy make it as well? I didn't. I don't remember. I'm, I would think he would have to. I mean. I, yeah, I would think so. God, maybe they could have had. They could have had um, Keegan and then Dickinson, four guys from – Well, Dickinson, yeah. And then three guys from Purdue he almost could have done. I mean, they've got some candidates yeah, there. Yeah, they do. So, yeah, it's going to be a big, big, big week. And then, of course, wrestling is next week. Mm-hmm. And um, so those, the next two weeks is going to be a lot, of, a lot of sports. Well, I hope there's a lot of Hawkeye sports. I hope, hope, hope. Well, Because, like, I mean, if we, you know, won and done in the tournaments, it's, well, that wouldn't be good. I'm more worried about them being one and done in the Big Ten than I am the NCAA if they play Wisconsin. Oh, okay. I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. 
But I would be shocked if they lose to a 15 seed as a two seed. I yes. really would. I would be shocked at that. Absolutely. I would be shocked at that. Because yeah. they're going to probably be a two seed. I don't see them. They're not going to be a one seed. And I don't see them falling to – if they lost to Nebraska, I don't think they would fall to a, a three seed. But you never say never. And so um, – but, yeah, I don't see them. Now, if they win as a two seed, beat a 15, what are they playing in the second round? That's how – Um. They would be playing. How's do you have the bracket in front of you? I'm not good at math. Uh, yeah. I don't have the NCAAs. No. Well, we just they'd be playing a ten, 11, uh, eight, and nine face each other, and I think there's seven. To play wouldn't they eight. play a, ten, and seven. ten and seven? They'd play the winner of a ten, ten and seven. seven. Now that could be tough. There's going to be, be good, some really good, good. Yeah. I mean, you you could get teams like a Drake as a ten or or whatever. You could get some really good teams. Loyola, Chicago, the winner of the Valley. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be higher than an eight or a nine or a seven. Maybe that—that's the kind of team they could play in the second round. That could be tough. Iowa versus Loyola. Loyola's got a big, old-fashioned, old-style center. Well, Wisconsin are they a seven or eight? Probably. Yeah, I would. Uh, now, if they lose to Iowa, I, yeah, I could see Wisconsin being nine. Uh, maybe even drop into a nine. Eight, they only nine. they only went ten and ten. Yeah. But, but th- th- I'm just pointing out that th- maybe the, the quality of team, you know, Wisconsin's a pretty good team. I would much rather play Penn State if I'm Iowa oh, than Wisconsin. Oh, 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 you bet. Yeah. Cause we w- could still lose to them. But, oh, yeah but, yeah. I, but the odds of losing to Penn State, I, Wisconsin to me, it's not a toss-up, but it's close to a toss-up on a neutral court. I know Iowa beats sure them up there. Is. Especially it's hard to beat a team three times, too. That would be another thing weighing in my mind. I would still pick Iowa to win, but it will not be easy for a first game in a conference tournament if it's Wisconsin. No, no, it won't. But, uh, well, it's got to play them. That's, these tournaments can be a lot of fun. Well, and when you get a double bye, by the time you start playing, you've already gotten rid of the teams that you could have easily beaten. Yes, so that's right. So competition's going to be there. And our track record in the Big Ten tournament with Fran has been very poor. It has been. Well, it, Tom Davis didn't win the few times. It just no, Alford. Alford was the only one. And Alford, boy, he had it down. He did it. I mean, he got to the. He won two championships. and got to a championship one time, didn't he? Didn't they lose in the championship with one year with Wrecker? Oh, we won with Wrecker. They also. won with Wrecker, and I thought they lost one. That, year that's with, possible. And then we won, winning five games, didn't we? Yeah, four games. Four, four games. games. Four games. They didn't have the because it wasn't fourteen teams, but mm-hmm. yeah, the year with Reggie, two thousand one, that team won four games, it, and um, so yeah, Alfred knew he, Alfred had something with tournament, at least conference tournament, because he didn't do much in the NCAs, unfortunately. So, like I said though, we've said this before, the conference tournament, yeah, it's going to matter while it's on, but if they lose to Wisconsin on Friday and make the Sweet Sixteen, nobody will, nobody's going to That, that game care. will mean nothing. No, it'll give somebody something to bitch about in the off season. Well, they couldn't even. Win a game in the Big Ten tournament. But then you could say, well, they made the Sweet 16 and won 23 game or whatever. Yeah, just exactly. so, sh- so shut up. Uh, <laughs> that argument won't have any, but it will. Don't if- tell me to shut up. I ain't going away. <laughs> oh, yes, you are. That's the block option. The mute option's too good. Good what's, too. What's the difference? Mute is they can still follow you. They just you just don't see any of their nonsense. They, they can- see they see your stuff. They you just don't. There's this one guy. His uh, he's just a huge Trumper hawk, and he's just since this summer just he hates us. Hates the race. Just we suck, and we're liberal <laughs> goons and ghouls and socialists, and we just want to sit around and have the government take care of us. But he still listens and follows me on Twitter, even though he knows I mute him. 
I tell him, dude, I don't see your stuff. I mute you. And yet he still, I'll see like yesterday, he, I, just, I just clicked to see who it was. It's this guy. He must have commented like 10 times to me, even though he knows I can't see it. They're just relentless. But other people can see it? Other people can. That's if you mute now, them? Now, blocking is, no, your contact's done. Unless, this is another thing I've heard people do, which is weird. I think Tyler was telling me about this, that people will block you or you or people that you block. Mm-hmm. But if they want to still follow, they'll open up burner accounts so they can continue to harass. And I hadn't even thought about that. Some guy hates me. and he No, put, no. Yeah, yeah, believe it or not. <laughs> How can you hate me? I don't know. And, and he started a fake... Uh, Fake Captain Steve account, and he just rips the... Oh, I had one of those on Twitter me. a while back. I mean, and yeah. it was nasty. And it was probably somebody I knew. I mean, it probably was yeah. somebody... A fake pet yeah, just, and and just He calls hi- it uh, fake Captain Steve. Just hiding behind <laughs> aliases like so many of them do. But Yeah, but he's a pussy. Yeah. That's, yeah. Your, that's your theme pretty much right now, right? Yeah. Any- I literally spend five minutes a week on Twitter. I don't and do... And it's only if I'm looking for... Uh, you know, the only time, breaking information. The only time I go to Twitter is to uh, is to either uh, talk or read posts from the uh, successful uh, Steve Silver. But you fester on Facebook, <laughs> though, don't you? That's where you search I, for injustice. And you know, you- not really. I post articles on our on our uh, station pages, but other than that, I'm just posting pictures of my pets and my my grandchildren. I very seldom post anything that's really worthwhile (laughs) you did not have to explain that to me well social media i mean there's not a lot of worthwhile stuff on there you know i mean i I do facebook because i get to stay in touch with people from you know my past and other hawkeye fans and stuff and it's fun Mm -hmm. no no there's a lot of good yeah also a cesspool. But I've, I've eliminated so many people. I mean, I at one point in time had over 4,000, and I, I've i got half of that now just because I didn't want to deal with... Well, the Trump administration yeah. did that for... Yeah. I block over yeah. 350. I block over 350. Just uh, just yeah. no need. Just yeah. goodbye. Just Yeah. Yeah, but any I, hint of conspiracy theory in there, they're gone. Yeah, off. I don't do that. Oh, I'm not doing the, you know... Somebody was attacking the Biden's dogs because one of the dogs has been a secret service. Champ? Yeah, I got sent from the grounds, too. (laughs) Yeah, well, but they say he's going to be back. I mean... Who, the dog? Yeah, they're going to, you know, the dog needs some training. Dog needs to get used to it. You pull that dog into, into... you well, know, the other chaos, thing they could they, could, they yeah. could also consider putting those those little muzzle things on them when they're yeah. in. But that's another thing they may do. God, there was people online put it down. If that was my dog, <laughs> it would be dead. <laughs> if that was Trump's dog, it would be dead. I mean, there was all Trump I, wouldn't have a dog. No, no, he said it was low low class to have a dog. To have a dog. Well, then I'm as low as me low too. low low yeah, class. I don't have a dog right now, but I've had one for. Most of the years in my life. You ever try to get a 120-pound dog that's taller than your kitchen table in a bathtub at 11 o'clock at night? No. No, I've never put a dog in a bathtub. It ain't easy, and it doesn't happen. (laughs) No. No. So you put your dog in the same tub you wash in? No, we could not get her to go. But you were going to, though. Well, yeah, we we clean it. (laughs) We clean the I love my dogs, but you know they they lick their butts? Well. It's just... They're dogs. Yeah. 
Yeah. Dogs are earthy. Neither yeah. one of my dogs ate poop, though. You've seen dogs that eat other. I mean, oh, Andy dined on poop daily. I mean, it was. I've seen dogs. It's like they're going she to the tuck golden a little napkin under her collar. It's like shakies. Fire Twitter is dog. <laughs> Fire suitor is dog eats poop. It's like going to Golden Corral for them, man. They just well, all cat turds they love. Yeah, but uh, Lily, my dogs never did. Thank God. Lily doesn't. Uh, well, I keep it separate. They can't get, you know. I even tested Lakota when I first got him. I'm like, I wonder if he's a poop eater. You know, you take him up there, and he, he looked at me like, what are you expecting me to eat this thing? And then we just moved on. He was not a poop eater. Is this going to be the quality of the food you give me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, leave. I didn't, I'll leave right now. <laughs> I didn't feed my dogs a lot of... Now, if I ate, like, steak pork or chicken but like if i was eating tacos and stuff they didn't get, they they got meat i didn't want to deal with it no, later don't give your dog tacos or no i didn't give them ice cream i only gave them meat and dry dog well food. see lily my dogs have all had ice cream oh really yeah i'm not saying it's it, wrong i just didn't do it It never did anything i mean they never got sick now, who picks anything. up the poops at your house you or jan uh i don't want to go on record as saying this because it's going to make me look bad Jan. <laughs> well, oh, I'm sure, and that's why you don't care about the poops. You'll, you'll well, I care about. You'll the, feed him sriracha sauce if you have to. Because Jan's <laughs> going to be the one. Here. See, I give Wopsy two walks a day, so she does her her pooping on the fly. And you I pick clean it up, up there, oh, of course. I used to do that with Lakota to where. To, to where, but I got lazy for a while. I remember times that where a, I, REO song, poop it on the fly. <laughs> I used to let Buddy. There was a couple times where I let the poops build up during the winter, but it was hard to walk two dogs at the same time, especially when they were different. And but there was a stretch there when Lakota and I walked two, three years, and we went for long. We'd go five, six miles long walks until he started to regress. And yeah, that was nice too because you would hardly have any poops in the backyard. You just no, always on a. I miss those. I mean, I'm going to go for a long walk today, but not with a dog. And Lakota used to be a great walking dog because he'd go at a good pace and you'd get an exercise out of it. As he got older, though, he slowed down and he would want to stop and sniff a lot. And as I look back on it, I'm wondering if there were times where he just stopped because he was in pain. But he wanted to keep walking. Possible. And me, just the big idiot. Come on, let's go. So, all right, back to sports. Back to sports, Captain Steve. I don't, th- is, I don't think Adam's calling in today, is he? Or I don't think so. I know. I think he was going to call in. Friday. He's going to call in. Was yeah. He? Well, they don't play until Friday night. No, I think I Monday. Think he, I don't think he's going to call in until oh, Monday. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I thought he was going to And maybe call he, he might. If he does, we can always talk. Who's sure, that, of right? course. Hello. Hello. Hey. I decided to ask you, what do you think the women will do today? They play Purdue. I think they will beat Purdue. Yeah, I mean, I if I'm, what the heck? I'll say I think they're going to beat Purdue. We did once already, so mm-hmm. why, why not again? So we will again. Well, and possibly. why are there uh, in the state tournaments, why do the girls have five classes and the boys have four classes? I'm sure, I don't know. Good question. I don't know. I mean, it has probably something to do with numbers, I would think, but I, I don't know. It is a good question. Not for us, I just, I just wondered, you know, how come? Yeah, I don't know. I thought you guys are brilliant and you don't. Well, it's yeah. called Hawk Fanatic, not high school sports. I, 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 I would imagine it's a numbers thing. I mean, usually the, that's how they divide classes. It's all based on numbers and enrollment. I don't know why there – maybe there's more – I don't know. But Yeah, maybe there are. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Well, okay, guys. All right, Karn. Thanks, Karn. Karn always manages to get a question that we don't know the answer to. Have you noticed that? She does. 
I do suspect Iowa went beats Purdue today, but I don't know that they're going to be able to beat C-Viv. It's going to be a tough one. C-Viv's team's good. They're athletic as yes, usual. Yes, they are. Hello. Hi. Hello. Uh, looking, looking forward to next year with the uh, Luca being gone, do you think they'd uh, look to bring in somebody like a grad transfer like a lot of teams have done this year and this year brought in people like the guy from Loyola I think is going to be a grad transfer and wants to play another year. The big guy, the uh, center, what's his name? Trout. Um, I know who you're talking about. Um, I don't. I would never say never, but I'm wondering if if Nunji comes back somewhat healthy, if they feel confident with him, and then if they like what's going on with the gondola. I think if Wieskamp's gone, I think they are going to need shooters next year as much as another big man. I really do. Well, they got two scallies to to give if Wheezy doesn't come back. So, you know, if they're good enough players in the portal, you bet they I think they would be crazy not. And I think they would take the best player available that they could get regardless of position. I really do. But no, that Loyola, so you think he wants to play again, but he doesn't want to play his fifth year at Loyola? Is that what he's saying? Well, a friend in Chicago told me that, yeah. Interesting. I know who you're talking about now. Hey, come on down. He he would not have as much success in the Big Ten as he does. I mean, he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's good, but he's not real athletic. He's big and thick. It would be interesting to see. Yeah. But he would definitely be a force, though. He would definitely give Iowa a presence. Because I'm not sure if Josh Agundale, a lot's going to depend on how much faith they have in Josh Agundale going into next season. I think a lot of it's going to depend yeah. on how he develops maybe early, shortly in the workouts after spring because they're going to have some time to figure this out. But, no, I think if Wieskamp leaves, yeah, they always are going to need a big man with Garza leaving. But I think they're going to need shooters because we talked about it, Tom. If Wieskamp's gone, Wieskamp, Bohannon, and Garza, that's three of their top four three-point shooters gone. And that's, Yeah, do you think Frederick's healthy? I don't think he's no. 100%, but I don't think it's an injury. I think he's dealing with just a pain from an ail. It's. I think he's dealing with – I don't want to say it out loud because nobody ever has, but no, he, it's not like he's dealing with like a broken bone or anything like that. He's just dealing with something that takes time to heal, and unfortunately, he doesn't have time during the middle of a season. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Yep. Thanks. Well, we're going to lose, what, 60-plus percent of our scoring if Weezy leaves with yeah, like, and those two? Yeah, and that's part of it. But what I'm saying is they're going to lose three guys who spread the floor because yes. of the three. Next year, they could have a lineup of Connor. Without Wieskamp, they could have Connor, Patrick, Keegan, maybe Josh Agundale and C.J. Frederick. Who are your three-point shooters besides C.J. Frederick? Trusted three. I'm not there yet with Patrick or Keegan as three-point no. shooters. Are you? Or Connor. Or no, well, Connor, no, no. no. Hello. So that's what I'm saying. Hey, Pat. Hey, what? How come there's ten hot dogs in a package but only eight buns? It's a good question. A question I've asked myself many times. And again, I don't have the answer. And another, why can't you buy little packages of two hot dog buns? So hot dogs do come 10 in a package? Yeah. Because I don't. Yeah, they do. I don't think I don't eat hot dogs other than if I'm out. I don't think I've ever bought hot dogs. Oh, I love hot dogs. I like them, but I don't. I like them. I'm not at a game. I generally don't. Yeah, if I'm out watching a basketball game or something, I'll get a hot dog. But I won't won't be at Hy-Vee. Oh, I'm going to get a pack of hot dogs and eat hot dogs for them. I just don't Mm -hmm. do that. So I didn't know they come in packs. So I don't have the answer. I'll have a hot dog for lunch, maybe. No, I do like Chicago dogs, but that's because you're eating a salad bar with your hot dog. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love Chicago dogs, but they have to have the poppy seed buns. They're fake if they don't. Fake dog. <laughs> that was fake Ackerman, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And he was yeah. kind of taking a veiled shot at Karn, if I'm following this. Yeah, one. I believe he was. No, Karn just asked questions. She's like my algebra teacher. She just asks questions <laughs> I don't have the answers to. 
I could see Karn teaching algebra, couldn't you? Yeah. Struggling. God, does Pat, I'll give him a C minus because he did show up every class. You know, she avoids giving me a D. I'm going to have to give that suitor a D, though. I don't know how I did well in it and not remember one damn thing. In algebra? Uh, yeah. Algebra was Russian. I mean, me. I don't remember anything. Math was, was easy. Terrible. Math was easy through eighth grade because all you were doing was adding, subtracting, Oh, and arithmetic, dividing. I was a whiz. So was I. I was pretty good. But, man, once we got into these extras and these, we started putting, yeah, and, like, the powers and everything, I was lost. As soon as the first letter made its appearance, <laughs> I was done. The X. <laughs> the letter X. I, I, yeah. I, I checked out of math instantly. <laughs> and you well, did what's see. What's this letter here? You know, I'm reading more and more about places opening up. I mean, I'm happy to see it. I hope it doesn't backfire. Um, what was the latest one? I, another, um, why was it the Michigan president or AD came out and said, yeah, we are going to have, he came out and said, we're going to have fans, but we're not, we're not really sure how many yet. Yes, that's hard. I, I think most people think that most colleges are going to try to have fans in this state. To me, what would be the really interesting thing right now is how many are you, just to say you're going to have fans is pretty evasive. I mean, it doesn't really, I mean, you could argue that you had fans this past year. There were some fans. I think it's going to be at least 50%. I've I, gone. I, I actually do too. I've gone up. I think it will be about fifty percent capacity. I think you'll hopefully for the season opener this year with Iowa football. I'm hoping they'll well, have think, thirty-five, forty thousand. Gosh, I mean that's six months from now. There'll be enough vaccine for everyone. That doesn't mean everyone will be vaccinated, but there'll be enough vaccine by the end of May. No, I think fifty percent is is logical. And no, and, and I'm they're saying, already relaxing the guidelines. And the problem with six months from now, there could also be outbreaks again. Well, that's true. I heard that Peter Ulsterholm on. Yeah. No, I'm not saying he's an alarmist, but he, he does always kind of burst my bubble. Like, you know, he says he's worried about a couple of variants that could really wreak havoc here if we open up too quickly and what have you. So that's kind of the. Well, they're all saying Fauci said that today. I mean, basically Texas and Mississippi are, you know, and Iowa are out of their minds. Basically, is what he said. You don't. You know, we've we're so close to this why not wait a couple months and that's mm-hmm. what he said why not wait a couple months we're not asking to wait you know well, any longer one thing that. that's going to help is like for high school sports the sports coming up now are all played outside mm-hmm. that's going to help basketball and wrestling is the end of the indoor season so hopefully that will help avoid any outbreaks or spikes or whatever because people will be outside and that's got to help i mean sure it does it's got to help sure it does and that's why I think ultimately football will have, a, uh, if not full, at least 50%. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. If, yeah. Unless we have bad outbreaks, which we'll see. I don't think we will, but you just never say never. You really don't with this stuff. But it does. it's going to be interesting to see how, what profe- professional baseball does. I mm-hmm. mean, they're going to be, I think they're going to be a good measuring stick. What did the Cubs and White Sox say? Twenty percent yesterday. Twenty percent. Well, as good as the Cubs will be this year, they'll be lucky to have twenty percent. Tickets start at four hundred. <laughs> Seriously. 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 I'm just not excited for a baseball game. Yeah, tickets started one one game. Wasn't that right, Jim? You yeah. could. I mean, tickets started four hundred a what, ticket. What a waste of money! And I'm a Cubs fan, but good I good lord. I'd spend four hundred dollars to see Led Zeppelin reunite, but I wouldn't pay four hundred to see a Cubs game. Would you? No. You wouldn't pay four hundred. Maybe to see. a Cubs World Series. Would game. you pay four hundred to see Led Zeppelin reunite? No, Captain. Uh no. Hunter, would you? Hunter, probably. There you go. 
Now it wouldn't be the true Led Zeppelin. Now what if John no, Bonham? Would be the true. What Led if John Bonham somehow came back from the dead? I bet you. Yeah, a, hol- a hologram. <laughs> He's up there as a hologram. Holog- still drinking. <laughs> yeah. As a hologram. Yeah, the hologram is drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Wrecking his drum kit. <laughs> I would love to see a hologram. I don't get the hologram things to me are spooky. Well, wasn't that they were? I mean, didn't they have that stage where Jimmy Page was into all the black magic? And remember yeah. the rumor: if you played their albums backwards, the devil would be yeah. talking to you and stuff yeah. like that was nonsense. Uh, I do devil's, remember though. Devil's on Twitter. <laughs> God's on Twitter. I know. There's a couple gods on Twitter, and there's a uh, and there's a dog. It's on the, the dogs on Twitter. Yeah, a dog. Hello. Morning, guys. It's Morning. Kyle. Hey, hey Kyle. Kyle. Hey, how's it going? Good. Pat, why why are you so down on our Cubs? They're going to be fine. No, they're not. <laughs> Ooh, I don't think so. No, they're not, Kyle. <laughs> no. well, they got- What's your definition of fine? Maybe 500 if all breaks. Then yeah, I'll agree with you. Oh, come on. They're not going to be below 500. Look at they their have, starting pitching. Okay, they have Arietta back, which he'll be number four or five. And he's at the twilight of his. He was a power seven years ago. No, that I agree. I mean, he's going to be four or five. He's not our. He's not like going to okay. trot out there on open. Hendricks is the ace. So it had have to be Davies, then Mills. I mean, Mills shows promise. He threw a no-hitter last year. I mean... The offense should be okay with Bryant, Baez, and uh, Rizzo, and Horner. They should be okay. Hmm. And I, I, and Hayward. Hayward, I love he's, him, but he's a two forty hitter. Yeah. And the offense wasn't okay last year with all the same players that you're now. I'm. I, I hope you're right. I'm just being well, realistic. Also, I mean, Schwarber wasn't a great fielder, no. but he. I'm not mad numbers. at the Cubs. I'm mad at the Ricketts for just tearing the roster apart and not spending any money. No, I agree. I mean, I. I wish they would have just let. I wish they could have come back and let Lester sign for a smaller deal and let him finish his career in Chicago. I would have liked I think that. That's what he wanted to do. I would have liked sure. that, but even Lester's starting to wear. I mean, he's getting old, but no, I would have liked. They just didn't. It seems like the Cubs just weren't willing to compete for anybody. Got four hundred dollars a ticket. That's that incredible. is just I know, incredible. I saw that yesterday. I was like, oh, that's. I would, and I love the Cubs. I've been to Wrigley really a lot. Oh, me too. I love them. I wouldn't go. I'll sit out in the I'll sit out in the bleachers, but and the other thing, Baez, as great as he is defensively, he's I'm worried that he's a 250, 260 career hitter. I think that's what we're starting to see. He can yeah, hit with some power. He's a great fielder. Don't get me wrong. Yep. The Cubs' is, problem though is they just don't have enough consistent contact hitters. They don't have enough batters batting between 280 and 310. And I know that's not easy to do, but it just I mean Jason Hayward, as great as he is, has he ever hit over 270 for the Cubs? Last year he did. I hit around two seventy two in a shortened season. Okay, guys. Yeah. So here's your math. If you have eighty two hundred fans at four hundred dollars a head, that means each game, just tickets alone, the Cubs bring in three million two hundred and eighty thousand. And that's just for eight thousand fans? Yes, eighty two hundred fans. And they you know, Cubs can draw twenty thirty and think about that. Well, that's how they're able to pay Jason wow. Hayward seven years, $24 million yeah, but a year or whatever. that's $400 a pop. Wow. Well, you know, you can't do that normally. No, but there's people willing to pay it, I guess, oh, or they yeah. wouldn't be demanding it. Oh, I would not. I love the Cubs, but I wouldn't pay 400 No, I wouldn't either. <laughs> no. No. Hundred bucks for the hundred bucks. I'll, I'll pay a hundred bucks to sit out in the bleachers. I, I would do that. Right, I but. would do that. A hundred bucks. That's, that's about the limit. 
Well, yeah, yeah because all the money you're going to spend going there anyway, it, yeah, hundred bucks. And then they, you get a twenty dollar beer, and next thing you know, you've yeah. spent five hundred dollars. I think our Rose Bowl tickets were something like a hundred and six. Oh no, they were. We paid three fifty. Oh really? Oh yeah. How that work out? Great. The beers were great. <laughs> so did you? <laughs> and expensive. Did you pay more because you got really good seats, or we got pretty good seats? I mean, they, the yard lines were great. They were like forty yard line, but they were. How Way much, up. How much did you spend for McCartney? About, about 400 Yeah. Yeah. And it was worth it. Yeah. Every nickel. No, we spent McC- three-something, yeah. like three fifty years. Yeah. No, it was worth it. I saw McCartney when I was 19, but that's when he was at Ames. I was and there. that was one of the most... That was an amazing show. Yep, I was there. Well, this thing at uh, age 77 was... He was just... It's the best concert I've ever seen. Was that 1989 or was it like 1990? Because I went through a stretch. I saw Pink Floyd in Ames. I saw McCartney in Ames right around late 80s, early 90s, wasn't that? Yeah, it was. Yeah, 91, that's right. Yep, yep. yep. Right after I moved up to Iowa City, I went and saw McCartney. It was a good show, and I don't remember paying over 100 bucks for the tickets. No, no. I think it they was, were like, I just thought it was funny that I, we went with a friend of mine, and his parents and the whole stadium is the whole stadium is filled with like 40-somethings, mm-hmm. and... The entire place smelled smelled like weed. Oh yeah, <laughs> I told you what happened. We were actually trying to tape the the concert. Yeah, we had it there, and my drunken friend sang through the whole thing. So we went back. So when we went back to hear the tape, all you could hear was him just bellowing, and it just ruined the whole thing. Oh. His wife was so pissed. You <laughs> just. <laughs> It was just hilarious. It, I mean, it was sounded like he was in pain. And the further he got along, the more drunk he was. So by the end, he was just drooling over himself. And that's all we could hear. So it didn't there's work. A, there's an account I, on Twitter. Uh, I hate Roger Waters. And the, guy, and the guy explains in his profile that he's a Democrat and he supports, you know, and he's a libtard and everything. And then he starts bitching about uh, in his tweets, how he spent like four seventy five to sit up close to see Roger Waters, and half of it was him talking and bitching. Four hundred and seventy five bucks. That's a crime that Roger Waters wow. is doing that, and then not even playing his music. Yeah, I'll pass. Could, yeah. could could you sue somebody? I know it wouldn't be worth it. You'd spend more money, but yeah, you spend more money. Doing but still, at some point, he's got to stop doing that. Yeah, well, as long- that would be horrible. I mean, I don't know if I'd spend a hundred dollars to see Roger Waters. Oh, I, I would. It, as long as people are willing to pay the money, he's going to do. Yeah, they're going to do exactly. Yeah, no, I would not spend four hundred. And you know, no. you guys know me. I'm a huge people. Yeah. I would not spend four hundred and seventy-five dollars to see Roger Waters. I would maybe spend it to see Pink Floyd. Maybe. Well, fair enough. Maybe. No, you're, I not think gonna, you you're not going to see the complete Pink Floyd because Richard Wright is dead. But, I mean, they could replace him with another keyboard player. I get sure. that. But, no, I would not spend that money to see Roger Waters, especially if he's going to start bellowing about bitching. anarchy. and Just bitching. So, Kyle, are you sick of giving vaccine out yet? Are you sick of uh, the whole process? No. No, it's great. You know, and I want to let you – yesterday I was at, you know, Whirlpool up in Amana. Mm-hmm. And we did, we did five hundred and some in a in a day. Oh, awesome! It was it was great, and I think that was. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the largest single day in the state, the largest clinic, uh, single day clinic in the state, and we're only about half done. So, wow! <laughs> I got wow. a little I got a little time off today to take my mom to get her second shot, and then I'll be back at it tomorrow. 
uh, out there to finish it up. But it's, you know, it's a great process. I never really get bored of it. You get to, you get to, everybody has a great attitude for the most part Mm -hmm. about receiving it and are excited to receive it. Sure. So that's the, that's the best part of the whole thing. You know, and I disappoint people all the time because I got two of them now and I had no side effects. And they go, what do you mean? I get, I had no side of I I didn't have any side. No, effects. I got my second shot yesterday and nothing. Yeah, yeah. It seems that like um, uh, the uh, it seems like just with my experience, the older the older folks um, aren't really experiencing the side effects like some of the younger people mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. I think just, you're... you know from just from my observations from what people tell me. You know, like hey, it went great. I didn't have any side effects. Um, did you guys get Moderna or Pfizer? I got, we got, both got Pfizer. Yeah. I think Pfizer, yep. some of that is because we got so many aches and pains anyway. That's what, <laughs> what's one difference. more. That's, yeah. That's true, Captain. It is. True. Sadly, it is that's true. true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going well. I think we're, uh, you know, now they're going to be starting to open it up at the, the stores more. And you'll see like all the CVSs and places like that are going to have, you know, it's going to become a regular thing to get to the general public pretty soon so so they're going to open up to 60 and above do you think that'll be the next tier oh yeah absolutely because i think they just said that yesterday or uh, today's wednesday monday i think was when iowa said that um i think the state said yeah we're gonna go to 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 do that great and we're still i mean they make an announcement and that's what's tough you know they make an announcement but yet we're all still trying to you know we're still in the process of doing the one before that and mm-hmm. so you know it's kind of a mixed message for for the for the folks out there because you know they're like oh it's the governor said it today and i'm like well it doesn't work that way yeah <laughs> like, they're just opening it up and then it'll eventually you know we'll get to get it done because the vaccine supply still is um it has to be more consistent mm-hmm. yeah uh, Biden just got a hundred, a hundred million more uh, from uh, Johnson and Johnson. Ordered or got? Ordered. Yeah, yeah. I think they're buying. Yeah, they're buying a hundred million doses. Is yeah. what I saw. You know, but it's going great, guys. Now you guys yeah. are all. You guys are fully vaccinated. Well, so Steve can have Steve and I a are. party out there at the station. Well, except for Molly and me, Liam, oh, right. Pat, yeah. Lane the got his first people. one yesterday. I mean, Pat's basically expendable at this point. I mean, it's... Have you been reading Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> I try to stay off of it, Captain. That's really a good do. plan. Very good plan. If I'm expendable, please let me know before I come in. <laughs> Pat, you're great. You're going to be... It's going to be soon for you. It's going to be soon. Maybe maybe a month. Well, I got my physical coming up. Um, actually, I had to push it back again because of the scheduling conflict again with zoom things with iowa and i couldn't find anyone to cover so they suggested why don't you just wait until basketball season ends since this is the third time you've so i scheduled it for april 8th which is the thursday after the final four i'm if so if iowa makes it all the way to the final four You'll, i want you're all set so then they've I, but i'm on a waiting list now i've put myself on a waiting list and um it sounds like i'm gonna have to wait for colonoscopy too because it sounds like everything's back backlogged because yeah. of the virus well, I can I can guarantee you, Pat, as a as a pharmacist that has handed out many prep kits, the 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 
to prepare for a colonoscopy. I've heard all about it. I don't need the procedure itself. It's yeah. a thousand times. Yeah, worse. no, no, and I'm not worried about. It. I, I, I've just been told that I, it, I was thought I could get the physical, and then like within a week going, but it doesn't sound like it will be a week. It sounds like it may take a little while. But I'm on the list now. All right, well, Kyle. Thanks so much for the call. We got to take a quick break, and we're going to have uh, Hawkeye great Kevin Cooner hopefully coming up at the top of the hour. Thanks, Kyle. Awesome. Thanks, guys. 1-800-800-ROSE. 1-800-800-ROSE. Your FTD florist is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. one 800 800 rows. It's so easy. Just remember one number. 1-800-800-ROSE. Your FTD florist. 1-800-800-ROSE. Remember. For a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime, find it at our family-owned jewelry store in Iowa City, Pertine and Stocker Jewelers. We can show you diamond engagement rings, colored stones, fashion jewelry, and watches. Our jewelers are on site, so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life. We are Hertine and Stocker, serving Iowa City and the surrounding area for three generations. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, downtown Iowa City, and HertineandStockerJewelers.com. Ask for Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate. One of us is always there. Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys on the market today. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can produce most conventional transponder, sidewinder, and remote-headed keys. If you've lost the keys to your car or simply need a duplicate, call 330-9185. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars has the technology to keep you on the road. Call 330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. See the same people there greeting you, and they know you. I think of my cell phone. There's not a big distinction there from family to customer. Deary Ford in Iowa City. That kind of relationship that goes deep. Taking care of you, taking care of your vehicle. It's just that growing list of friends, frankly, that uh, that's kind of been the big payoff for me. The ownership experience is going to be four or five plus years. We have to be there for you. Deary Ford in Iowa City. See why people choose them over and over again. DearyFord.com. GT Car, owner of Supel Siding and Remodeling, offers service and quality that is unmatched in the area. At Supel Siding and Remodeling, their trained professionals will install and guarantee the products used in any size job done. Regardless of the project, Supel Siding and Remodeling will stand behind their quality products and installation with exceptional customer service. Whether it's a window replacement, a kitchen remodel, or a house addition, our employees are committed to quality. Visit sales at souples.net or call 337-2246. Car won't steer? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair work in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. Use Premier for all your auto repair needs. Brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventive maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't steer, See Premier Automotive in North Liberty. Don't let just anyone take care of your smile. At Diamond Dental, you can expect compassion, expertise, and a personalized care plan to protect your teeth for life. With more than 30 years of combined experience, Dr. Forbes and his staff are prepared to tackle even your toughest dental problems, leaving your smile healthy and sparkling. Diamond Dental offers a full range of general and cosmetic dentistry as well as dental treatment options for snoring and sleep apnea. It's never too early to start thinking about what's best for your smile. Schedule an appointment today by calling 319 
390-3703 or visiting the office at 5815 Consul Street Northeast, Suite D1 in Cedar Rapids. You can also visit DiamondDentalPC.com for more information. Dr. Forbes is a proud sponsor of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Inner Circle. Let the Diamond Dental team provide superior care for your entire family. Hi, this is Steve Anderson with Hawkeye Title and Settlement in Iowa City. Whether it's a crazy real estate market, record low interest rates, or the COVID-19 virus, we are living in unprecedented times. But know that my remarkable team at Hawkeye is literally working around the clock and in unique and adaptable ways to try to make every deal close smoothly and on time. We appreciate your understanding, patience, and flexibility as we power through this tough time. We're going to get through this together. Hey, everybody. It's Kevin here from Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your local TV expert. And I want to tell you about Dish TV. If technology, value, and customer satisfaction are important to you, then it's time to cut the cable cord once and for all. Upgrade your TV experience and start saving with Dish today. Drop by Big Dog Satellite and Solar on Blairs Ferry Road in front of Rockwell. Call 3950800 or visit us on the web at BigDogSatellite.com. We are Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your locally operated and trusted satellite tv experts from the hurting and stalker studios in the heart of the hawkeye nation this is the mighty 1630 kcjj iowa city hurting and stalker jewelers making memories making moments kcjj weather brought to you by the iowa city burger hall on the ped mall we have a few showers and a few scattered thunderstorms possible here as we head through today it's also going to be really windy we have a wind advisory in effect here for this afternoon our high today 70 the wind out of the south gusting to around 40 at times today this evening a shower maybe a thunder shower then partly cloudy late tonight we'll drop down to 40 tomorrow sunny cooler 55 we'll get to 53 for a high on Friday. I'm meteorologist Sean Cable on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Right now it's 57. We're back. Hawkfanatic.com. All right. Joining us right now is Hawkeye great Kevin Kuhnert. And Kevin, looking at the all-time rebound list for the University of Iowa, nestled at number two is Kevin Kuhnert, still almost 50 years after you played at Iowa, and you are number four uh, for the season rebounding, 353, and you're still on the charts for single games. You had two games of 23 rebounds. How in the world do you explain still being on the Iowa records almost 50 years later? <laughs> I don't know. I figured when I was there at Iowa City that uh, my sure way to go to the NBA was just rebound, so I really concentrated on it. And, uh, you know, if you want to be a great rebounder, you got to go after every rebound, and that's what I did. Kevin, this is Pat Hardy, and we really do appreciate you coming on. It's an honor to talk to you. And so when you came to Iowa, I mean, the NBA, was that always in the back of your mind? Obviously, you had the heights and the tools. How much of a motivating factor was that for you? Oh, I kind of knew when I was in high school that uh, I was going to the NBA, but, you know, nobody. I told that to my older brother, Pat, but nobody would, uh, you know, if you tell that to somebody, you know, nobody from the Buchheim or went to the NBA, so everybody kind of looked at it. I didn't tell anybody but my, some people in my family, but uh, I was a very determined uh, person, and, uh, you know, if you go uh, live in the gym and... Uh, 
keep working on the skills and repetition, repetition, until it becomes second nature and build yourself a game, kind of like uh, Garza is obviously yeah, done. Sure. And um, that's what you got to do. Believe in yourself and work hard. So you bring up uh, Luca Garza. So have you been able to uh, keep up and watch a fair amount of uh, Hawkeye basketball? Yeah, with this corona, I've almost seen every Iowa game that I could see this year. I mean, there was a lot of years where I didn't watch a lot of it. But then I've been watching lately. And, uh, you know, since uh, Fran's been there, it's it's been just a wonderful ride and awful fun to watch. Boy, it sure has been. Just your thoughts on Luca as a former center. I mean, just what do you think of his game? Well, I mean, anybody who can make Big Ten Player of the Year and – uh, maybe National College Player of the Year. I mean, that stuff's really, really hard to do. Mm-hmm. On his game, I would say he's probably got the best. Uh, I've guarded a lot of NBA centers. He's got the best uh, back-to-the-basket, uh, dribbles the ball very, very well with his back-to-the-basket, mm-hmm. and he's just an unbelievable offensive player. He's got, like he said, he studied tape of all these guys, you know, Kevin McKay, a lot of these guys, and took their game apart, I guess, with his dad's help and integrated it into his game, and he's he's mastered his drill, I'll say that. Curious, somebody like you, what would you have done against Luca to try, as if you were playing against him in your peak in college, how would you have tried to defend Luca? Oh, uh, well, I, you know, the hardest thing to do in the post, I mean, he's always posting up, always posting up all the time. You know, and, and they look for him. He's almost got his own uh, point guard, since Connor doesn't uh, shoot it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, his job appears to be get Luke of the ball all night. You know, when I was at Iowa, I only got like 13 shots a night, and I was getting three or four off the old board. So mm-hmm. uh, I never had anybody like that give me the ball. That was for sure. <laughs> but the, well, I would, I, you would front Luke and Garza and make him lob over the top, and a lot of times when you lob, the weak side help comes over and steals the ball, or else they throw it too long and it goes out of bounds. Okay. So, you know, and then you're going to need some help with him too. Um, so, but uh, yeah, he's just a great offensive player. So, Kevin, your your freshman year um, was the the great uh, Johnny Johnson, Fred Brown, Dick Jensen team, Chad Calabria. Uh, and you were a freshman then, and freshmen were not eligible to play. Did you play against uh, those guys in practice all the time? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a wonderful year, 14-0. and 0, yep. And, uh, you know, uh, John Johnson's first-round NBA choice has this Fred Brown. So they were two great players, and it was, you know, it was – fun to watch him play i probably even if i was eligible i probably wouldn't have got to play much on that team when i i i was tall when i was in uh four years old so my mom sent me to school a year early so i was always a year early for my grade i got to i was 17 years old as a freshman so wow. it took me a while to grow into my height i guess so you got to play one year with Freddie Brown. So you guys had a little bit of an inside-outside thing going. Freddie hitting about twenty-seven and a half points a game. What was it like knowing that you had a guy out there that could just really fill it up? And if he happened to miss, that you were there to get the rebound. What was that like for you? Well, he was fun to watch. You know, Fred Brown can almost uh, defy gravity and hang in the air. He used to go up there, and then he'd uh, give a little kick of his legs, and 
everybody go up to block his shot. He'd give a kick, and he's still up there, and the other guys came down. <laughs> so he was uh, definitely, uh, you know, he had a great NBA career. Just, just world-class talent, Fred Brown. You know, Kevin, you played in the NBA at a glory time for centers, and I – I mean, you played against Jabbar. I mean, you, the list is in. Is there one that stands out for you? Is there one matchup that maybe you take most pride in about how you held your own and what have you? Because, man, you played against a lot of Hall of Fame centers. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I kind of had a thing uh, against Bill Walton, and I used to play extremely well against him because, uh, um, you know, I – well, he did that move where you're at the free toe line and he had his elbows up in the air and he crossed my face with the ball and he elbowed me in the face and uh, uh, cut me inside my mouth so I can't really spit the blood out. So I saw him some blood and then we go down the court and come back and very next play he does the exact same thing to me and almost broke my nose. So Thanks. after that, uh, that's it. Kind of got in a fist fight with him at that point. But um, <laughs> ever since then, I had him an X on the calendar. Anytime I saw him, when I got in a fist fight, um, I kind of punched him three times in the chest, and he walked away crying. So, uh, I knew he was definitely scared of me. And uh, so every time I played him, I... To be honest, I used to toss them around like Raggedy Ann. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've, I've talked to a couple of you, your game, you were pretty physical, right? I remember seeing an interview with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar saying you were one of the most physical players he ever went up against and you used to get under his skin. I mean, he was paying you a compliment, sort of. I think it was on Roy Firestone on ESPN. and Because Roy Firestone asked him one of the most difficult, and he, he brought up you. And I'm like, wow, that's Kevin Cooner from Iowa. So talk about your matchups with Jabbar. Well, I had my career-high uh, rebounds against uh, Jabbar, 23. That isn't a bad outing. No. But, uh, you know, I used to, he's, he's obviously very difficult to guard, uh, extremely talented. But, you know, again, he's uh, going to come in and shoot a uh, right-handed hook shot in the lane, you know, bang into you, bang into you, bang into you, shoot that sky hook in the middle of the lane, and then the ref calls a foul on me, and the form goes wild, you know. So... You had to go down there every time and fight him for his spot on the block. And so he didn't like that. And uh, if you didn't, and just let him get the ball, like the same as letting Luca Garza get the ball, he's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he liked me fighting him for position. But, you know, I used to play physical, but I only cut one guy in the in the uh, face or, you know, make, got a guy pretty good in my nine years in the NBA. So, you know, I wasn't. You know, in basketball, when these guys kept getting hit, hitting in the face, and people say, "Oh, that's all these announcers say that's just incidental contact." <laughs> oh no, it's not. <laughs> um, you know, I know where their face is, and I know, I, and you know, it is called throwing elbows. And when you see people get cut, that's not incidental. That's people. That's people going at your head. But whatever, you know. So was Jabara the the hardest for you to play against? Then ultimately, well. Oh yeah, I could stop. I couldn't stop him. I mean, who could? So well, neither could anybody else. Like, 
it's kind of like Garza now. When you play Jabbar, you need your weak side, the big mm-hmm. forward, to come and help you quite a bit. And sometimes these guys wouldn't help me much in certain teams, say like <laughs> Michael Thompson with the Blazers, because they didn't want to get dunked on. Uh-huh. So, you know, so my weak side help is, you know, non-existent. So <laughs> that didn't work very good for me. But uh, one thing about Jabbar and how the game has evolved is, uh, you know, if Jabbar had to eat with his left hand, he would starve to death. Mm-hmm. He had a right hand. I never saw him shoot in a left-handed shot in my life. Back in the day, what's changed in the game is everybody's ambidextrous now. Yes, mm-hmm. I've been you saying. You know, right or left. You are so right about but that. But back in the day, I can remember with the Houston Rockets, we do the George Mikan drill with this pendulum little hook shot drill, and I was always very good at that. And uh, But you'd watch somebody like Rudy T, who's in the Hall of Fame. He couldn't shoot left-handed at all. Moses Malone would just throw the thing at the board. He couldn't do anything left. And I had an expert, maybe one of the first good right-left hook games in the NBA. No, that you're right. That, and that's what I noticed, even at the high school level now, compared to like when I was in high school 30 years ago, most people can use their weak hand. When I played, you hardly ever used your weak hand. It's just that's how the, how the game has evolved. Kevin, I can't remember. Were you on the court when um, Rudy T. got punched by Kermit Washington? Yeah, that's uh, – I was, you know – I'll tell you what happened. Uh, yeah, I was in the fight with Kermit Washington before Rudy got it. Uh, what happened is uh, it's about two minutes into the second half out in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and um, – we're not even warmed up yet, and uh, halftime, and I get to half court, and Kermit Washington grabs the back waistband of my pants. Why? And I'm not going to, him and Jabbar were at half court kind of trotting, loafing. I'm going to blow, I get the rebounds, I'm the last guy coming down, I kicked it out, and go to go by him, he grabs my pants, and I gave him like a chop uh-huh. on his elbow, you know, his elbow area, his bicep, and told him to get the hay off of me. And uh, he immediately threw a fist by my face. I ducked that one. And then he threw another one at my face. Just grazed my neck. I ducked that one. And I practiced boxing because I know I'm going to get in these fights in the NBA. And back in the day, there was, you know, a couple hundred fist fights in the NBA every year. So you better know what you're doing or you're going to get killed out there. So, and right when I'm getting ready, I think into my mind, get your hands up, you know, cover my face. Right when I do that, Jabbar's behind me. He grabs me and pulls my hands and pins me. And Washington just came in and hit me on my right cheekbone and just temporarily knocked me out. So Jabbar took me and swung me away. And Rudy comes in to see how I'm doing. And then, uh, Washington almost killed him. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, I didn't, I, I appreciate you talking about it. I didn't know if it was, if you cared if I brought it up, but yeah, it was a, it was a terrible look for, mm-hmm. well, I remember being really disappointed in Jabbar too. I mean, it was a cheap, it was cheap. They ganged up on you. And then Rudy T was trying to be a peacemaker, well, wasn't I got he? Two, I got two to one. I got two to one, you know, and hey, if, uh, if Jabbar just lets me in, uh, Kermit Washington fight, hey, Rudy never gets hurt, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that's not uh, what happened. The one great thing that came out of it, it pretty much stopped fist fighting in the NBA forever because if you're going to fight, you're going to get suspended, and if you're going to be suspended, you're not going to get paid. 
That's and a good point. It really, it really, uh, and you know, then since then we went to the trial in Houston and Jabarga up there and lied like a two year old. And Kermit Washington's gone around the country and slandered my good name for for years, but now he's in the federal penitentiary stealing from charity. So whatever. Uh, <laughs> I did That's not. called karma, Kevin. Yeah. I think I did not realize that. Wow, what a story, um, <laughs> Kevin. I wanted to ask yeah. you what does it what does it mean to you to have played nine years in the NBA? I mean. <laughs> Not many people can say they did that. Obviously, you got to be. That's got to be something you have a real source of pride. Yeah, um, I was doing good in my career, and and then in my seventh year, I ripped the ACL out of my knee, and I kind of got my stats all skewered because I played two years in the NBA with no ACL in my left leg. Which, if you're right-handed, that's your jumping leg. Mm-hmm. So. I had a good run with it. Um, it was fun. Uh, if I could tell anything to guys like Luca Garza or Joe's Weekamp, is just enjoy every day and every moment of it. Because even though you do nine years, it, it ends quickly. Mm-hmm. Much good. You know, I never sure thought I could get hurt. I thought other guys would get hurt. I don't get hurt. And one night I ripped my ACL out. So it can happen any second. But now they can fix them, which is a blessing. So that's that's good, guys. How different is the game officiated now compared to when you played, the NBA game? Oh. You know, back when I played in Iowa, carrying the basketball was called. Yeah, it sure was. Yes. I, I noticed one thing is he's got some of these guys' best moves is they go to pick up the basketball and they almost put it and look at it in their face. He closes in defensively, then they start dribbling again and goes, <laughs> they don't call that anymore. No, you're right. Um, they still miss so many calls. It's amazing. I mean, I, I was watching the Iowa game the other day, Michigan State, and it went up right off the Michigan State guy's knee and it goes out of bounds, and they still gave Michigan State, you know, it's just. It's amazing with the instant replay how wrong they're off. <laughs> You're even right. to, mm-hmm. How wrong they can be even today. That's my opinion. Okay, okay. Well, and like the last game Iowa played, you know, the last minute and eight of that game took over 20 minutes review- to play because of the reviews. You know, yeah, they get some calls wrong. Make your call and let the players play. That's my take on it, but that's... Yeah, it's such a basketball, such a quick game, and they have to make a call, and sometimes they're blocked out and they mm-hmm. can't see it. So it's just a really, and you can't blow the whistle all the time because the guys want to play. You know, it's like the center job. Everybody wants to just let us play, let us bang, as long as nobody's getting hit in the face. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, we're big, strong guys. Let us let us play. Don't call every little ticky-tack thing. It just slows the thing down. I agree. Yeah, it sure does. So if you had to pick, could you pick one player, the greatest player maybe that you ever saw during all of your career? Is there one that stands out that you maybe you played against? or um, is, is there one, or is it too hard to pick one? Yeah, there's too many good guys to pick one. It's just like who's the greatest NBA guy ever. Well, mm-hmm. there's about ten of them, you know, <laughs> yeah, that you would would choose. But you know, the games. Uh, well, well, where the games going is what I call trick shooting. Now all they do. There was no three ball when I played to the very, very end of my NBA career, but. Or the game's going now is is like Damian Lillard here with Portland. Well, he's practicing shoot from half court. Yeah. And you watch those guys. The All Star game. I think Lillard made two or three from almost half court. No, you're right about that. I yeah. mean that. I mean, what? Where does that go? <laughs> yeah. I mean, back when I played, there's the best thing you could do is get a 
a layup for two points. Well, now that's not good anymore. A three ball's better than yeah. that. So, yeah. But what happened, everybody was getting so big, the paint was getting packed with True. big bodies. Now that there's a three ball, it moves it out, maybe makes the game prettier, and it makes slashers like Scotty Pippen and these guys, these drivers, it opens the game up for all mm-hmm. that. So in a way, it's good, I guess. I don't know. We had a caller earlier who asked, seems like there was a lot more dominant rebounders, big centers like in your day, 70s and 80s, whereas now the rebounds seem to be distributed. I theorize that maybe it's because of kind of what you're saying, more three-point shots, the ball bounces off the rim different, but you also have bigger guards, bigger forwards now. Back in your day, I assume you were always one of the bigger guys on the court. Is what would you? How would you explain it to where maybe centers don't rebound the way they used to? Well, when I was at Iowa, and maybe this is – I don't know, but I played for Dick Schultz. But if you watch Luca Garza now, when the shot goes up, a lot of times he just bolts on out of there, or even on a made basket. I used to take the ball out of bounds and throw it in. Now I think Connor McCaffrey takes yes, it out. Luca goes out and posts up, which is just good, smart basketball. I take it in, and half the time the guards I was playing with had shot the ball. <laughs> I'm out you know, up at the three line, and we already shot it. Okay. So and then once you shoot these three balls, they is there are longer rebounds. So and a lot of times now, when you go to rebound, since the you're it so much worried it back when I played, you just had to get back. Somebody had to get back guard the basket. Mm-hmm. So I always went to rebound. Now you'll see Luca Garza or the centers they're bolting on out because they got to guard not only the basket but they got to watch the. Three point three line. Mm-hmm. So you got to go back and guard two different things. And back when I went, it played everybody went to rebound. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you see a lot of times where there'll be like say Iowa, Michigan. There'll be three Michigan guys rebounding, and there won't even be an Iowa player go to rebound at all because they're so worried about getting back. In yeah. my opinion. Yeah, you're right. No, the game has changed. Kevin, um, let's talk a little bit about Ralph Miller. Did did he smoke during your uh, during your practices? He used to sit there in a chair, <laughs> and he'd smoke cigarettes, and he'd sit there and run your run your butt off. I remember when I was a freshman, I was just there with my freshman year, yeah. but yeah. we used to do that sliding defensive sliding drill, that uh-huh. crap thing where you just reach down and you go right, left, front, and back. Well, the opening day of practice, you do that for 20 minutes. And then the next day, you did it for 19 minutes. And the next day, you did it for 18, 17. You're catching, you know, the guy would, we're in such great shape. But I'll tell you a good Ralph Miller story. (laughs) Um, I'm a freshman. And I guess he told me he wanted me to drive to the basket, something I never really did. <laughs> I should have listened to him better. But um, <laughs> I go in there and we play a freshman game and we beat somebody. And the Iowa team that year they went 14-0 is in the meeting room and he's talking to him And Lanny says, hey, Ralph wants to talk to you. So I go into that room and the whole team's in there. And he, I come in the back corner back there and he goes there and he grabs me around the neck with my shirt and he gets about two inches from my face and pushes me up against the wall and he says, I told you to drive to the basket. He just scared the hay out of me, but that was Ralph Miller. He, uh-huh. he intimidated people. I mean, it, 
if you take bad shots, you play for Ralph Miller. He's just going to take you out and sit you right next to him to you to you comply. And that's Ralph Miller. And he didn't like uh, like his players to dribble very much either, did he? Oh, I don't think he liked, you know, that old school of basketball. I don't think they like bounce passes and over dribbling. And, you know, he got, he'd rather see the ball passed. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think, guys, I was out at Olympic camp with Henry Iba back in the day, I think 72. And those guys had a whole different way from playing in the 30s and 40s of playing basketball. And I think now nowadays they've kind of been bypassed. But I would have loved to play for Ralph Miller in Iowa. I think the whole show would have turned out different. I agree. He was so much fun. To, uh, Ralph was Ralph's teams were just so up tempo, and he won wherever he went. Yeah, he was he was terrific. Kevin, you played against Connie Hawkins some in the NBA, didn't you? Yeah. What was that like? I played against Connie Hawkins as a rookie out in L.A. You know, when he first came out, he was with the the Globetrotters, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. So he gets there in the game, and he kind of punked me, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. I think he stuck the ball under his shoulder like chicken winged it and was pointing up at the ceiling. Of course, stupid me, I'm looking up the ceiling, you know, <laughs> and the whole place is laughing at me, but that's Connie Hawkins. <laughs> he had a lot of talent, but I think he Globetrotted me there for a second. That's it sounds like he did. That's I was great. just thinking of another. It would have been so great to have seen Connie Hawkins play at Iowa. Tom, you've always said, you know, it's one of the many things. Your Hawkeye curse. You want to tell Kevin yeah, about Well, my, my dad was in the athletic department from 1955 to 1974, and he was also the announcer at the basketball games. Bud Suter? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he always said that Connie Hawkins, well, really got screwed. I mean, completely screwed at the University of Iowa. Oh, if you read the story. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. No, it was... Um, it said he was a super nice man, though. Did you know him very well? I don't know if... He obviously knew you went to Iowa. Did you guys ever make any small talk in the NBA? Uh, no. Um, you know, back when... Uh, back when I played... You know, you, uh, I'm not big on uh, fraternizing okay. with the enemy, so <laughs> to speak. I mean, okay, I no, got a lot sense. of really good friends. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I don't, you know, like I played with Michael Thompson with the Blazers. You know, the Clay's Clay Thompson's dad. Oh, he's everybody's buddy and this and that. How you doing and this and that. Well, we're kind of going to go to war with you guys, and you know, and they want to win and we want to win. And I don't really, you know, I don't really want to be your buddy. Well, that's kind of the big difference. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, that that's that's okay. What were you going to say? No, I, that's kind of the big difference between Michael Jordan and LeBron James. It seems Michael Jordan was just cutthroat, win at any cost. Whereas LeBron James, and I'm not knocking either one. It just seems like maybe the styles are different now. Michael Jordan didn't frat; he just wanted to cut your throat and beat you. Whereas LeBron wants to beat you, but he also seems like he wants to be everybody's best friend too. Right? Yeah, I saw that. Uh what was it, the last dance mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. the Bulls and Jordan? That, that was really interesting. Yes, it was. And, um, I got a story for you guys. Okay. I, well, when I came out of Iowa, the Houston Rockets wanted to draft me with fourth pick in the draft, and they phoned up my agent from uh, from Chicago, Arthur Morris. If we draft Kevin, how much money he's going to want to want to 
signed for in, in Arthur Morris. He says, well, why don't you draft him and find out? And hung up on him. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, why'd you do that? I could have been the fourth pick in the draft. And he says, uh, well, <clears throat> Kevin, there's about of these 18 NBA teams, about six of them are don't have any money or in the Houston Rockets socks in bankruptcy courts, you're going to get drafted by a company that's bankrupt. They have no really ability to pay you before cable TV. And I said, okay. So um, I ended up going 12th in the draft with the Bulls. And then halfway through my rookie year, I'm traded to the Houston Rockets, right? <laughs> well, I get there and I, and I want to be number 44, right? They give me Otto Moore, who they traded out of there when I came there, 20 jersey. And I wore the 20 jerseys of the Houston Rockets for two years. They couldn't even afford to buy me a, a uniform. And then when I get there, guess what? They can't pay me. They never honored my contract like it was written or any of that. But, you know, back then we just shut up and played ball. Wow. So things have changed, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, when you see these salaries now, what are your thoughts? Oh, you know, the game has just progressed with the TV dollars. My thoughts are, hey, I mean, it's an obscene amount of money to play basketball, but more power to them. Yep, sure. Back when I played, from basically got paid from 73 to 83, two five-year deal for 10 years. And I made good money for what I did. I, I just love playing basketball. What a wonderful game. And, uh, I've had a wonderful life. I have no complaints. More power to them. And you're in Portland now, right? Yeah. I, I'm kind of a hunting fishing guy, so, uh, you know, I love it out here. And Matter of fact, my buddy came up from uh, San Diego all week. He's the head basketball coach I played with in the Los, uh, San Diego Clippers, John Olive. He came up, and uh, we just got done salmon fishing for six out of seven days. Oh, wow. so that's the, the, the kings are in, so that's what happens out here in the spring. So, Kevin, do you uh, keep in touch with uh, a lot of your old Hawkeye uh, brethren? Well, yes and no. I mean, I keep in touch. Who I played with, who uh, my two good friends on the team were Jim Collins from Fort Dodge, mm -hmm. Iowa, Neil Sigabank from uh -huh. Paulina. And I talk to Neil every now and then. I mean, we got to get together one of these days. He's out of Florida, and he wanted to go over there to St. Andrews or someplace in Scotland and play golf over there. And with my back, I just, you know, I'm not that much of an avid golfer. But one of these days, me and Neil got to hook up and do something. It'd be fun. I wanted to ask you one more thing about Bill Walton. Um, he's now obviously an announcer. For Do you ever watch him call games? <laughs> <laughs> I really, I do because we're out here in the Pac-12. Uh -huh. I can't take the guy. I really can't. I don't know how he keeps a job. And most people out here turn the volume down when he's calling the game. Can't even listen. He doesn't want to talk about the game. He wants to tell you how smart he is about everything. So okay, I just I don't know. I oh no, I just was curious I to get your. Go ahead. And I there's a lot of people that say I'll say the exact same thing about him, but I don't know. He's. Uh, he is what he is. He had a great career, and he won a couple championships. Uh, you know, more power to Bill Walton. Well, Kevin, this has been a, a true pleasure. Can he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kevin will play along with this. Yes, thing. Kevin will play along. Yeah, I one hope. last question for you, Kevin, and we really do appreciate your time. This has been a lot of fun. It really has. Okay. Uh, yeah. So here's your next challenge. Uh, 
Iowa Athletic Director Gary Barda picks up the phone, calls Kevin Cooner and says, Kevin, I need your help. We need to get a bunch of money in here. You need you, Kevin, need to hire a band or a singer or an act to fill up Kinnick Stadium. Who is Kevin Kuhnert going to get to fill up Kinnick? Well, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of a, my neighbor in Houston, Texas, he worked for ABC Records, and his guy when he was a coffee shop guy was Jimmy Buffett. Okay. So no, that would... I've met Jimmy Buffett. I've been backstage with Buffett. Yeah, he's a great guy, just just like anybody. Just a wonderful guy. I guess I'd have to go with. Uh, I'd have to go with Jimmy Buffett. Okay. Well, and I'll bet he'd. Uh, I bet he'd, I'll bet he'd fill it yeah. up. No, that good answer. Great answer, well, Kevin. He's, he's got a lot of uh, parrot heads out there, I guess. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> no, this has been a lot of fun. We really appreciate your time. It's been, I mean, I've always wanted to talk to you, and what you did at Iowa in the NBA was incredible. You have a lot to be proud of. Well, thank you very much. I enjoyed talking to you guys, and hey, uh, go Hawkeyes. Okay. Go Hawks. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. All right, you guys have a great day. You Bye. too. Wow, that was he's I, terrific. I could have gone great. I could have gone for another <laughs> I could have gone for another half an hour. Oh, my God. He's, he's terrific. You know what he is? He's transparent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he yeah. just tells, you, tells it like it is. And it was rough back then. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I, 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 I was sort of hesitant to ask him about the – but it has to be. It was, sure. I mean, and he was – and that was a low, low point for Jabbar. That's, I lost some respect for him because they did gang up on Kevin. Yeah. And all Rudy did was try to be a peacemaker, and Kermit Washington just brought, killed him. And Kevin was physical. Kevin was tough. Yes, he was. Kevin didn't back. Kevin was Ed Horton before Ed Horton. He didn't back down from anybody, and that's how he played. And some guys didn't like it. The superstars didn't like. I mean, Kevin was not a superstar, but he was really good, and they didn't like being pushed around, and nope. he didn't care. No, he didn't. No, that was fun, Tom. I appreciate yeah, a friend for helping great. us set that yes, up. Yes, thanks, Murph. It was great. Yeah, we had him on for half an hour. Yeah. yeah. And it seemed like ten minutes. I know. I'm and now you. it's ten thirty, and you got. We don't even have time to derail today. No. Do we? We're done. We on track. Aren't you going right into the police reports, Captain? Well, I could, or we could wait for a derailment. <laughs> well, here's a call. Hey, here's, here's, here's a, a derailment now. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> you had Kevin on for a half hour, and you didn't ask him about the hot dogs. That's why people call you a hack journalist. <laughs> okay. I guess we'll end it at that. I can't I argue with that. I guess we will. I well, didn't wait. I thought about asking him about the retired jersey thing, but do you think he cares? Uh-uh. So I decided, you know. Are you going to take this call? We'll or take one more. Dare we? Do you think Tom wants out here? He's got that. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Good morning, Captain. <laughs> Thomas Michael Suter and Pat Hardy. It's well, Southern Justin. Hi, Southern Justin. <laughs> How you doing today? Did you ever want to play in the NBA? I always wanted to play in the NBA. I want I wanted to be the next Michael Jordan. Yeah. Okay. Well, get cracking. <laughs> He's got both sets of teeth. <laughs> we don't know. He may have some implants at this stage. <laughs> Who knows? He but, can afford them. And I bet they're really nice ones, too. There, too. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I bet I can shoot a hoop. I bet, I bet I can shoot a hoop. Kuhnert's yeah, not still listening out in Portland. Kevin, no. <laughs> Kevin, if you're still listening, God bless you. Sorry, man. Okay. Go ahead. Go to the menus. Well, today, the Iowa City schools, they have no school today. <laughs> so that means no Regina, menus then, right? Yes, it does. Regina Catholic School, K 
through sixth grade would be having breaded chicken sandwich, baked beans, and assorted fruit. And kids seven through twelfth grade would be having spicy chicken sandwich, baked beans, and assorted fruit. Burlington Iowa Burlington Iowa Elementary chicken patty in bun. Kid. Chicken patty and bun, tater tots, baby <laughs> carrots, and a whole orange. That was Brooks Elementary, not Brooks and Iowa Middle Schools. My daughter would be having chicken patty this and bun. Segment on Twitter. <laughs> tater tots, baby carrots, and a whole orange. And Burlington High School and Burlington Notre Dame Nike chicken patty and bun, tater tots, baby carrots, and a whole orange. And that's the lunch menu is on the mighty sixteen thirty. KCJJ. I'm. Hawks fanatics. <laughs> thank you, thank Thanks, you. Justin. Okay. <laughs> you notice, though, the young kids are getting chicken patties. The older kids are getting spicy chicken. Do they think the young kids can't handle the spice? Can't handle it. Maybe so. They're not yeah. ready to handle the spice. <laughs> All right. And with that. <laughs> <laughs> Great right. booking, sir. There's <laughs> no other podcast, Hawkeye, that can say they had <laughs> Kevin Poonert and Southern Justin on within a 32-minute window. Is this why that guy wanted the fireball? <laughs> <laughs> well, he could make his case, couldn't he? All right, uh, police reports coming up next. Hawkfanatic.com. Check it out. It's free.